what's the nickname for somebody that's the next step? What are you looking for now? You know, like that. It's an idea. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> cool. Did, did anybody, did, did Joey Avery say the thing yet? Oh, just that your joke is uh, yeah. premise-wise is very, very similar to something that Joey Avery's been doing for oh, I don't know, like eight, eight months. Yeah, no, I mean it's different. Like one's better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking with you. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> no, it's it's totally different, and you you went a different way. Like your point is that like it's about that girl. I would just say. You know, I'll sh I'll tell you what mine is, just so you can keep that in mind, so yeah. that you steer clear sure. of that, because yeah. obviously we'll be doing similar shit. Yeah, so sorry, man. I, 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 Dude, uh, no, I haven't heard. You, I haven't heard you. I'm a hundred percent sure of that, okay. and it was totally original. It's just a similar premise. Cool. Yeah. Th that's happened to me before. There was a girl who came here from Australia, and she did a joke, and she did this thing about uh, the Little Mermaid having all these dildos. Look at this stuff, isn't it neat? Identical to one I have about like, what's a mermaid vagina? Like how many trove can treasures untold? All this thing about dildos in a mermaid vagina, and hers was almost identical to mine. But it's possible that's because she lives in Australia, so sometimes people come up with very similar premises, and they play out because we all are sort of human. I don't know how that works, but. Happened to me too. We probably have similar problems. <laughs> Jesse, on that topic, remember that day it was you, me, and Alex having a conversation. Alex said, Hey, isn't it kind of douchey to have a conversation with somebody with headphones in your ears? This was two Mondays ago. Okay, no, I re <laughs> Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Like, there's something so very bro stereotypically bro and douche sounding about talking about cloning your balls that I don't know. I felt it made me laugh, but I was like, you should address yeah. it. Like, yeah. my balls, like, uh, that's why I spray cologne on them. Yeah. Instead of saying because I'm trying to better myself, be like, because I'm a douche. Okay. Bag or something like that. Because, yeah. and, you know, I no disrespect to anybody else in here that. Does that? <laughs> but, it does. but I was I like, okay, that sounds like you play with them, man. Because yeah, I thought yeah. it was funny. Cool, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I near them. <laughs> oh, is it? So I, I actually was. <laughs> thanks, man. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about taking that part out because I think it makes some people uncomfortable. It, like I can feel. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Whatever. I'll do it. Yeah, I know. You've been pitching this idea for a while, Jenny. I'll, I'll <laughs> okay, yeah, I know. You, to you told me about it. I'll, I'll look it up. Cool. Cool. Everybody clap wildly. Jesse Warren, yay! <laughs> Bye, Stephanie. Yay. She brought uh, lemon drinks. If there's one left, you guys are welcome to drink a sober drink that Stephanie was so generous to bring. Pellegrinos for the group. Uh, eat chicken. C eat that carcass. All right, moving along on the joke workshop. Uh, your next comedian is another lovely human being. I'm glad that he's here gracing us with his presence at Mutiny Radio. Listen to his jokes, write some notes, and clap wildly right now for Jonathan Ortiz. <laughs> What's up, fellas? How's it going? What's up, Mutiny? I'm an anchor baby. I'm an anchor baby, first generation. That means Trump hates me. Sorry, President Trump hates me. Oh. Wants to kick me out, wants me to build a wall. It's like, I don't know how to build. My ancestors built walls. My, an my ancestors built pyramids. 
Okay, I can't build a relationship with the redhead at work. It's like thanks to dad, I could build emotional walls. That might come in handy. Uh, you guys are awesome. Feel good about yourselves. Mexico, <coughs> test, Mexico, Mexico. Uh, Mexico's got the best human rights and civil liberties, you guys, for the low, low price of 200 pesos. Just, yeah. Uh, there in Mexico, you could buy politicians at the flea market. You know, it's just like, I'll take an horchata, um, a college degree, and a mayor. <laughs> you got all your shots? Get, get in the fucking cart. Yeah, God, I'm so funny. I love it. <laughs> I'm so awesome. I got pulled over by Federale. This is a true story. I got pulled over, and uh, the department's on a budget in Mexico. Like, the siren was just the him hanging out the window like, woo, woo, woo. And when I first got there, I wasn't a real Mexican. Like, I was as Mexican as Taco Bell. You know what I mean? Like, and they this is a PSA for, I guess, white people. Let's be honest. If you ever find yourself getting pulled over, they always say the same thing. They say, we got to tow your car, right? You got to spend the night in jail because the judge doesn't get back till Monday. <laughs> and I was like, but it is Monday. Uh, he's like, don't argue. Look, I'll do you a favor. Pay me the fine. They, this is code. This is bribery code. Pay me the fine, and I'll take care of it for you. you know, just dame la multa. That's, that's, that's the code in Spanish. Dame la multa. I'm so bailing on this. It's going to be so funny. <laughs> Come back next week. It's going to be awesome. Uh, folks, uh, I don't know. You fuck that door. Why? Um, I, all the corruption in the world, how the state of things really bums me out. Because, like, I want to believe humanity can evolve into, like, just spiritual evolve to, like, a single loving organism, you know? I mean, I also want to believe my girlfriend's not sucking a dick right now. But <laughs> she, uh, she, <laughs> she, I think she is. She told me she, told me she could taste uh, uh, pineapple in, in jizz. Like, that's a thing, right? I, I guess it's a thing. I said, I don't think so, babe. She's like, no, no, no. I can also taste when you eat kale. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, hold on. To get a palate that sharp, like, you have to taste many varieties to get a palate that sharp. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an okay premise. It'll work on it. <laughs> yeah! Um... I don't know. I know I look. I know my face looks like Jim Carrey banged Mark Anthony. <laughs> I'm aware of that. You guys, I know this. Uh, I don't know. I uh, I uh, uh, I don't know what joke. I don't know what joke to do. I just want to like end on one. I, this is just a fuck you joke, you guys, because we're all perverts. Uh, uh, I'm becoming just like my dad. You know, I started smoking. I drink too much. I'm banging my mom. And it's like, when's it going to end? Thanks. <laughs> He's begging his mom. Jonathan Ortiz, stay up there. We have people on the panel, starting with Joey Avery, it looks like. Yeah, I thought there was a lot of good stuff in there. I think Thanks. some of it, like the first joke about he wants you to build a wall, I can't even build a relationship. That's funny. I wouldn't even say with the redhead at work. I would just keep it like kind of symmetrical and quick like that. 
Um, and I think that that all – you take a few words out of that whole kind of thing and, mm. and maybe don't have to look at your notes. I think that one's pretty good to go. Mm. Um, with the pineapple one, you could <coughs> – I mean, I don't know if this is kind of cheap or hacky, but – you could basically just say, like, you know, she's talking about, oh, yeah, I can taste pineapple, and then you basically say that you've never had it, you know, or you don't you don't eat pineapple, whatev- whatever it is. You're allergic to it. Um, would prove that she's sucking someone else's piece. There you go. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that uh, bit about the uh, guy hanging out the window going, woo, 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 with uh, Eddie Murphy from Delirious. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, but he's talking about gay, gay cops. No, it's good to know. Yeah. Thanks, man. <coughs> Your choice. Also, I don't think the Mexicans are going to get the contract on building the wall that's obviously going to go to the Chinese. Right? <laughs> 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 they've got wall building experience. <laughs> no, he wants first generation. Well, no, uh, he wants Mexican people to die experience. in the wall. Only Chinese will do that. Mexicans <laughs> won't die in the wall. That's true, and like uh, that. Chinese, they died, the whole railroad thing, man, they just, they blast like through, they blast through mountains, they'd be like, oh, we just lost a bunch of, in fact, this is a crazy thing that happened, this has nothing to do with your set, but they did this to Chinese people when they were making the trains, is when they were going through, like, big tunnels and stuff, and they didn't have enough money to pay them, they'd just blow it up so they'd all die inside of it, so they wouldn't have to pay them, so they'd do all the work. Classic comedy. Classic Americans, you know, white guys yeah. being dicks. And so that's uh, they would instead of paying them, they just blow them up in the mind. Go, oops, what an accident! How terrible! Yay, 1850s. Sorry, back to Jonathan Ortiz's joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the thing about um, the, uh, the 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 cops taking bribes, yeah, uh, I don't like have like a specific setup for this, but like there's you know have you heard about the um, the civil forfeiture thing that we have here? It's like cops if you're if they pull you over and they they can ask you you know are you carrying any cash on you and you and you say yes. They're legally allowed to take it. What? Yeah. yeah. No, it's it true. I I don't know what the limit is, but it's still ridiculous that they can even do that. But I just think that there's like a, some kind of parallel yeah. l- uh, line it's to be drawn. It, it, like, like right, like so maybe just you know the Mexican cops they're just totally upfront about how they're bilking you. They didn't make a law to try and um, uh, legitimize it. Right. Right. Yeah. Did they give it back to you? Uh, no, they don't have to. Because the same thing is, can't they take your car? Like, if you're at a stoplight and a policeman runs up and he's like, I need your car! They're, they're allowed to, like, take a lot, like, not just money. They can they can just, like, take uh, property, too. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. What's the terminology? What's uh, civil forfeiture. Yeah, there's a, there's a John Oliver bit about it, or episode from his HBO show. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, that's a really good. That's the best resource, probably. Cool, thanks, you guys. One second, Johnny. One more thing. I think you gotta you gotta find which joke you expect the laugh to come on, which word you expect the laugh to come on, and move it closer to the end. Okay. That's like you you'll say something and we'll all get it, but then you'll kind of keep on talking and <laughs> oh. take the thunder out of your joke. Okay. Choose so yeah, choose your word to punctuate. Yep. I'll listen S- to says it. Says the FBI agent oh. Yuri Mikhailovsky as he comes <laughs> up to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> he's a fucking narc today. He's a chicken narc. <laughs> Yay, Jonathan Ortiz! Jonathan Ortiz, yeah! All right, your next comedian. Uh, very funny lady. She's been having amazing sets here at uh, all of our shows. Clubhouse, happy hour, the whole deal. Put your hands together 
right now. It's Mary Goss. I'm so nice. You bled for us. <laughs> We're doing great things here at Muni Radio. Um, what did I want to work on today? Oh, um, have you ever been negged and catcalled at the same time? <laughs> I just did. It was very exciting. I was walking between OMG and Brainwash, like, obviously. Um, <laughs> and uh, this guy just, like, walks walks by me and doesn't really pause or anything. just, like, looks at me and is just like, you don't know you're beautiful. <laughs> and I was just like, that is wrong. <laughs> and very rude, honestly. I don't know what it is about me that people just, like, see that I'm carrying myself. Like, I'm w- just looking to be struck down by lightning at any moment. Um, and I sound like I'm on the verge of tears all the time. <laughs> but I actually have very, very high self-esteem. And the reason I have very high self-esteem is because, and this is part of a longer joke that everyone's heard, so I'm not going to go through it, but I got hot very suddenly. So that's when you know that you get hot. Like, if it happens gradually, it's just like the frog in the water and the boiling and shit. You don't know. You don't know. But when it happens all at once, there are a lot of things that happen, like, very differently in your life that were not before. <laughs> and it's super exciting. Like, I don't pay for coffee most of the time. <laughs> I just don't pay. Yeah, if you, if I go into a place long enough and pay for coffee, uh, then, then I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> like, it, it becomes a pay-as-you-go thing. Um, and then, what was the other... Um, oh, a lot of people just try to talk to you about, like, really mundane bullshit that they weren't trying to talk to you before. Like, strangers will just be like, so, like, this weather <laughs> exists. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, oh, these are a lot of conversations I was not having while I was an ugly person. Like, this is a big-time bummer. <laughs> I don't have time for this shit in my life. Um, the other thing is that people started uh, acting like I was stupid just off the bat. <laughs> And that that was the one where I was just like, nice. (laughs) Like, I'm definitely a hot girl now. Like, people just automatically assume that I'm stupid. It's so good. It's so good. What else did I want to work on? Oh, I've been uh, making some new friends lately. Are we happy for me? Thank you. I have made some new friends. And friendship or any sort of relationship is really just a way for me to, like, the beginning part is just me waiting it out to see when I can start being as obnoxious as I possibly can. (laughs) Um, So I got to that point recently. Like, uh, my house has a no-shoe policy because we're not fucking animals. Um, people don't wear their shoes in the house, and then when people are, like, if I'm, like, hanging out with a new friend, like, if it gets to the point where we're hanging out on purpose, and then they're leaving, um, I like to do this thing where I will just, they're trying to put on their shoes, and I will take them, and I will throw them as far as I possibly can, multiple times, and that is how I make new friends. That one's not working yet. I'm gonna figure that one out, but thank you for going on this journey with me. (laughs) That sounds about right. Um... Yeah, no, I think that was, yeah, that was pretty much all I wanted to work on today, so I'm doing good. Thanks. Mary Goss! Super hot! Yay! <laughs> I know it's hard to be smart and hot at the same time. It's confusing for a lot of people, it's I so think. Exhausting. They don't, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Comments! Jenny, find a, find a microphone. There we go. Back plugs in. 
I think you should you should explain more why like someone saying you don't know you're beautiful is nagging and a uh, compliment because uh, I think there's like something really funny you can say about that how like people think that that's a compliment and it's not uh, although actually I think I might have seen a bit about that but like the bit was very accurate and I feel like there's a lot more you can say about that um, yeah anyone else want it? You don't know you're beautiful. I think that's a One Direction lyric. I don't know how I know that. You could, you could maybe. Probably. That's a good point. They didn't coin it. I'm sure. Okay. All right. That's, that's valid. That could be in there though. That that was your favorite part of his compliment slash nig. That microphone over there by the boys is mighty empty. There's the, the girl side that's going off, but the guys are just all looking at each other. No one has problems with being too hot. You guys don't <laughs> relate to that at all? It's not happening with you? So I, I, I don't know. With my experience, <laughs> which is not much, uh, like s I guess it, it's going to depend where you start this, this bit about you being hot. I think you're going to lose... I think you're going to lose about 50% of the men, 50% of the women, because they're just going to hate on you. Like, you're on stage talking about how hot you are. You have a whole bit about how hot you are. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think, just keep that in mind. That's all. Yeah, no, that I, was I was waiting for the critique that I'm not hot enough to be making that joke, um, <laughs> which is personal taste. It's fine. But I do, it's part of a longer bit I have about, like, old money versus new money hotness. So I go into it a little bit easier, usually, than just being like, so, I'm hot, friends. Um, <laughs> I would, uh, uh, I agree with him in the way, like, even if I see a guy go up there and start talking about, you know, how much pussy he gets or how much doing whatever, it's just I'm not going to shut the fuck out and watch my phone. Yeah. Uh, I think you should turn the hotness into a question, like, am I hot? These things are happening. Is this why? Is this what happens to a hot girl? Um, like, kind of play up the insecurity a little bit? I could, but that drives me bonkers, though, because well, everyone, uh, like, I don't know. I mean, there's that's part power. of that's what I mean. Right, you're going to lose some people on that. Maybe. Yeah. Well, but maybe if you go to the whole thing about if you start with your hot and then talk about how you're a hot 12-year-old and you, like, throw <laughs> in a pedophile joke. I love my pedophile joke. like, joke. it takes, you know, it's a certain, it's a, it's a taste thing. It's a, what's it called? You're an acquired taste. It's the, tw you're a 12-year-old hot. Um, I think that you did a really good job leading in by saying how you carry yourself and your voice. So I think you did a good job leading in, and the fact that there's something missing, I think that we're just missing that link, but I think it's great. I don't think you should yeah. worry about losing people on that, per se. Um, and if you, uh, even if you bail on it or whatever, keep the part somewhere about the always sounding like you're on the verge of tears. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That was my favorite part of the whole thing. I think you're plenty hot to do that without losing anybody. I just want to say that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, but FBI you, don't, you don't you don't only get the the sugar, you also get the salt, but you don't dress like a hot girl. So that I feel like has to come into it. I usually only do that joke when I'm dressed like a hot girl, but I'm trying to work on that. Yeah. Some people think that the Martha Stewart ponytail, dirty girl, like making <laughs> hanging out in the backyard barn with the goats is a cute look. Yeah. I'm down. She put, on, she put on mascara. What the fuck do you guys want? What's wrong? Mary, <laughs> if you just own it, like, I don't think you should worry at all about it. With the, uh, like, I'm hot. If you're, like, up there, like, yeah, I'm hot. Fuck you. And you just own it. I don't think you're going to alienate anybody. Just, like, commit to it 100% and you got it. It's true. She's so cute. How could you not like Mary Goss? <laughs> exactly. Everybody clap. How can you not love Mary Goss? Yay! Yeah!
keep this vagina train rolling with another female comedian. Excited stuff. Uh, I actually, she's, she's not, hasn't been in comedy long, but is wowing audiences all over the Bay Area, especially in San Francisco. Put your hands together. It's Jenny Hogan. Yay! <laughs> So I saw that you can get these like smart vibrators, which are vibrators that will connect to the Wi-Fi and then take your data and figure out like kind of what works for you and then feed it back to you. So I was like, okay, I definitely want to get one. But then I was like, actually, I don't want to have all of my entertainment depend on Wi-Fi, you know? <laughs> like, that's the issue with it. <laughs> um, because what do I do if there's an earthquake, you know? Like, as it is right now, in the event of an earthquake, like, if all the power goes down, I still have my battery-powered vibrator, uh, so I can do that for, like, a couple hours, but um, I don't know about this Wi-Fi vibrator. So I, uh, I tried to delete my Facebook recently. When you try to delete your Facebook, they make you wait 30 days, uh, which means that, like, deleting your Facebook is as hard as buying a gun. And uh, I think it's like pretty appropriate, to be honest. I think the reasons are good. So I'll start by saying that I don't think people should be able to buy guns under any circumstances. I'm very liberal. I would only support gun use in the event that the gun were being used to abort a baby. Um, <laughs> but uh, other than that, they make you wait 30 days because you might be like in a fit of like suicidal rage or like homicidal rage or something, and they want you to cool down. And so I think it's appropriate because I think people delete their Facebooks for the same reasons, you know? Like anytime I've tried to delete my Facebook, it's because I post a status that I think is like extremely witty and it does not get the like count it deserves. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, you bitches are gonna fucking miss me when I'm gone. <laughs> um, so I actually, do you guys ever like go through your own Facebook pictures and then like imagine that it's like a person you like going through all your Facebook pictures and then get like really turned on? <laughs> Yeah, me neither. Fine, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am not, I wouldn't describe myself as like an extremely sexual person, like I, other than the Wi-Fi vibrator thing, but I, I'm more into like the Wi-Fi part of it, to be honest, the data collection. Um, <laughs> I, I like sex, I don't love sex. Like I don't have sex for like the sake of sex really. Like I usually have like a good reason for it. Like if I really like someone um, or if I want to test out whether or not my IUD is working, <laughs> uh, you know, but I, uh, I, the last person, I, I haven't had sex in a while, the last person I had sex with was my ex-boyfriend like eight months after we broke up. And the thing is that like, I have been single for a while and I'm pretty concerned that it, like at kind of the rate I was going, if I stayed single for too long, I would have just had sex with like way too many people. So I decided I should only have sex with people I've already had sex with basically. Like they all got <laughs> grandfathered in. Um, <laughs> but like everyone else, like no one knew. So uh, I don't mind that I like haven't had sex. As I said, not super sexual. But I will say my only concern is that it's going to be like a gap in my resume and that like the next time I want to have sex with someone, they're going to be like, do you even still have these skills? <laughs> like, do you even still like, I don't know, like things have changed. Like the girls coming out of college today um, are giving much more efficient blowjobs uh, <laughs> aided by technology. They're just getting through it much faster. Um, what else was I was going to talk about? Okay, so I, uh, I play with my hair a lot and... Uh, maybe you've noticed this if you've ever looked at me, which I would recommend doing. Uh, and people like kind of get nervous by this. They think that I have like some kind of anxiety disorder and people wonder like, you know, if I'm uh, on the edge of a nervous breakdown or if I'm fine. And like the truth is I'm both. Like there's no reason why you can't exist on the edge of a nervous breakdown. Like I've been doing it for years and it's going great. Uh, I will say, I think I'm getting carpal tunnel from playing with my hair too much. Uh, and I went to like the doctor about this because I'm a hypochondriac and she was like, are you sure? Like, do you type all day? And I was like, yeah, I type all day, but it like mostly works, hurts when I'm like playing with my hair. 
Um, and then she was like, she probably see a psychiatrist about this. There's nothing I can do to help you. All right, I'm gonna work on that one. Jenny Hogan. I've seen it. You're trying to develop a small dreadlock in the back of your head. Yeah, yeah. It's cute. It's like it's like your one. It's like your it's like your the a white non-appropriation. You're not appropriating the dreadlocks. I like it. Uh, I really like the thing about the smart vibrator. I thought that was a funny concept. I thought maybe uh, you could have more fun with it by saying that you actually did try it and uh, it was great at first, but then like you got distracted because you started browsing the internet on it and just kind of <laughs> you lost it. Or maybe there'd be something about, but I already spent all this money on that on an emergency hand crank vibrator that's in my earthquake kit. Tomorrow on those lines. Wow, yeah, the oh hand God. crank vibrator is awesome. <laughs> um, this, I mean, y and you don't have to like talk about everything if you don't have particular material on it, but I thought it was interesting, and I don't know if there's a space to explain that you start off your set talking about how important it would be to have yeah. a vibrator on you at all times and then segue into, but I'm not a very sexual person. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, there's obviously a difference between, you know, wanking it and, and a having sex with someone, but, um, but I think that's... Interesting. Another thing, I think that the uh, the gun joke is is really funny, and obviously in this room, it doesn't matter. But do you think you will always want to set it up with your particular political statement? Because oh, yeah. it's, I mean, you know, if if it's important to you, I would never say don't do it. But you're just gonna that ship's gonna sail for <laughs> half the people in in most yeah. other. Are, rooms. are you saying the abortion joke? Yeah, I think I, well, yeah, I mean, I don't believe in guns and then into the abortion thing, which is on a T-shirt. You know, it is, it is a joke. Kelsey Grammer got in trouble for wearing that T-shirt. Mm -hmm. People, huh. Yeah, Frazier, believe it or not. <laughs> he said, it said, like, guns, would it bother them more if we used them for abortions? Um, I didn't so. know that. Right? Yeah, I just – Joey you know, Avery with his pulse on America. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, if you guys want to know what's going on, you come talk to me, <laughs> all right? Uh, it, it, even funnier that you've got it takes it only takes five days to get a gun but it takes 30 days to get rid of your Facebook yeah uh, if you want to know how to get rid of a Facebook page immediately see me after um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. I figured it out I figured it out I figured it out um, and then uh, there's with the hair tick thing with the pulling your hair there's room for a callback in there about the vibrator I don't know what but uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, it's the same thing. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, 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 yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, cool, yeah. Well, perfect. Uh, yeah. That's and it makes sense because you're pulling your own hair and you like to use a vibrator, but you don't consider yourself a sexual person, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yet you're pulling your own hair <laughs> and using a vibrator. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> See, I'm seeing it come together. <laughs> but I'm. Sh <laughs> Except you're coming alone. <laughs> All right, Madison looks like she has some com comments here. Oh, I was just thinking that for the vibrator joke, you could talk about um, using it while you wait for the rescuers to get to you after an earthquake. So you have a couple <laughs> hours. <laughs> I was going to say just uh, instead of saying a couple of hours, you could just make it like a couple of weeks. Yeah. Just to know because, you know, why not? <laughs> the solar flare is coming. Clap wildly for Ginny Hogan. Yay! <laughs> He's the one.
along with a pulse on America. Your next comedian, a very funny man. Put your hands together. It's Joey Avery. You know what I mean? Yeah, stay in touch because I'm on Facebook, Tim, you non-believer. Um, man, this is exciting. I haven't done comedy in like over a week, which is weird. It sucks. It's way better doing comedy, but I went to Coachella and then I got super sick and I didn't want to give you guys illness through microphone, so I'm fucking back. Um, had a cool experience this weekend though. I went to Dolores Park for the first time. I'd never been there. I'd never been, I know, I'm a fucking asshole. But I finally went and it was amazing. I didn't know there was a whole ecosystem of like characters that live there. There's like coconut rum guy, and there's the guys that sell the edibles. And then you guys know sunblock guy? Have you, fuck sunblock guy, all right? I have a problem with sunblock guy. Like, I, if you don't know, basically he has like a tool belt full of sunblock and he wears like this little kind of like banana hammock thing, these kind of hot pants, which I totally get is fine, but the problem is he's not selling sunblock, he's selling dick, all right? Which is fine, I get it, I've been selling dick for 25 years, it's a hard thing to sell, all right? The market is not always ripe for dick, you have to get creative. I get that, but don't go around masquerading as some sort of fucking melanoma-curing superhero, all right, when really you're just trying to get your bone wet. All right, I understand that, but I just find it disgusting. Like, I was watching him, he wasn't even selling it. Like, he'd go up to a group of girls and just basically start spraying them and talking to them and kind of seeing, like, am I going to get sprayed? Do I get to move in with lotion? Do I get to go hands-on? I just found it very creepy. I don't know what his final move is. Is he, like, as he's, like, massaging someone, go up behind him and just be like, you want to get some shade? <laughs> you want to get out of here? And then he goes and they make love and he just jizzes all over their back and slowly rubs it in. It <laughs> says something clever like, not so cold now, is it? Um, yeah, I think he's coming on backs. I think that's his whole thing. It's the whole Freudian thing. He used to go on beach trips with his parents. Um, I don't know. Isn't that why this total side project... But isn't that why people say that people get foot fetishes? Is because, like, the first thing you see is your mother's feet, and then... That's what I heard uh, from an unreliable source. Ooh, I have a foot fet... Well, I'm actually, I'll tell that. This, I wasn't planning to tell this story, but my, uh, my girlfriend's past roommate was dating this guy. Seemed like a totally normal guy. Not that there's anything wrong with having a foot fetish, but... He would always ask her to see her feet when she would come home from work, and he would get very angry if she would wear any nail polish other than pink or red. He was a very specific foot fetish guy, and if they were having sex and he couldn't get off, he'd literally just go, stop, and he would crawl down and just shove her feet in his mouth and just blow immediately. <laughs> Isn't that so <laughs> strange? I always thought having a foot fetish would be such an easy thing because, like, oh, yeah, you're on the bus. Like, sick, I have a boner, you know? Like, I <laughs> seemed like it would be so easy. You don't have to work that hard, but I didn't realize that you had to care about toenail polish and a whole litany of things. Um, oh, fuck that story. But uh, the other place that I, I went this weekend, I've been here many times, but I was at the Palace of Fine Arts. And every time I go, I'm always blown away because it's such a beautiful place, you know? And the architecture is so interesting and it's ornate. But it bums me out because I'm like, they used to spend so much time. Like on the architecture, they, they 
put buckles on the sandal straps of every angel in the whole thing. You know, like we don't build things like that anymore. And that always bums me out. I'm like, man, have we sacrificed art for efficiency totally? And then I realized I think mostly our taste probably just changed. Because if I hired someone to like build me a house and I got back and he was like, yeah, man, I got really artistic with it. I've been really into fat babies draped in linen playing piccolos recently. <laughs> so I made you a few of those and I really fuck with gargoyles. All right. I would be horrified and I would send him to the police. Uh, okay. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Take care. Hey, hey, Joey Avery, aficionado of architecture. All right. Comments. Get to some microphones. Tim Pizza has something to say. I think it'd be funny if some black guy was at the Palace of Fine Arts too. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah, Mike might come back through. Yeah, yeah. Just spraying gargoyles. (laughs) Cool. Anything else? Joey Avery's jokes are perfect, but we have things. Not sure if you know that the Palace of Fine Arts is a replica. That's right. Yeah, they from the initial World's Fair, right? Yeah, could, could be. I mean, yeah, thing. it's the same thing, because whenever you see a church or whenever you see an old building, you're like, man, this is really cool, but we're, yeah. I was totally having the same thought about Sunblock Guy last time I was there. Um, it'd, be, it'd be funny to describe him a bit more, because he is, like, in a Speedo, and he's yeah. strapped with sunscreen like it's a holster. Yeah. Um, give us the visual a little more. But maybe also you're, like, so annoyed with him, you, like, get Sunblock from him, so you see, like, his style. And you're just like, yeah, see what yeah. he actually does. And you know details <laughs> about what he does. Right. That would be funny. Oh, that'd be you interesting. Maybe he's going coming into on like my back. And then he, and then he comes on. Pe- yeah. Plot well, you twist. said you said the babies with the piccolos. He might play his dick like a little piccolo, like if as, <laughs> as if a baby, as if a baby swathed in cloth was playing a piccolo, which was his dick. You know, I had never planned right for these two to go together <laughs> so well, but maybe they do. Um. I was at Dolores Park this weekend too, and I learned that the guy with the truffles—he has like 300 Yelp reviews. Damn. And I don't know if the Sunblock guy's got a Yelp, but oh, he's got—he's like hashtag Sunblock guy. Uh, okay, it could be interesting to like yeah. delve into the reviews on that. Yeah, guy. I should tell people to tweet hashtag Sunblock guy came on my back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movement. Uh, <laughs> all right, thank you guys. All right, Joey Avery. Yay! He can afford Coachella. He has a real job. That's really exciting. All right. <laughs> he, he does have a real job. I think he sells things or something. Your next comedian is exclamation point awesome. And uh, he runs a show called Hired Killers that he does all over, uh, you know, the city, but sometimes here at Mutiny Radio. Very funny guy. Put your hands together. It's Ben Lupinetti. <laughs> Having a foot fetish sounds super fun. <laughs> I'm to check that out. I, uh, Jenny, I think you're talking about you're not like super stoked on sex in general. I'm not anymore, really. I think I'm done. I'm 27. I'm done with all that. But I feel like working feet in there in a really weird way could kind of, I don't know, that's the complexity I'm looking for right now. <laughs> I'm also conflicted about how hot I am, you guys. <laughs> Good timing. I, uh, all right, here's what I want to talk about. I was, uh, about two years ago, I was coming out of a taco shop, 
and there's a guy panhandling outside the place. And I had an extra dollar left over for my taco, so I gave it to him and I walked on. But as I was walking away, my buddy was with me, says to me, hey, why'd you give that guy your money? You know he's just gonna spend that on drugs. And I said, well, in all fairness, I was just gonna spend that money on drugs too. <laughs> Wasn't gonna get a lot of drugs for them, but. Okay, so here's what I wanna talk about. I did that bit at Brainwash like two years ago, year and a half ago, and after I got off stage, Eric Krasner pulled me aside and he's like, hey, you know, that's a Greg Giraldo bit. Greg Giraldo does that joke. Greg Giraldo, he was a comic, he was really well likely died a little while back. So that unnerved me, that made me feel bad. It's like, did I steal a joke from Greg Giraldo? And I thought about it and no, I've actually never seen Greg Giraldo's stand up. I'm, I know what the guy looks like, I'm pretty sure I'd remember if I saw one of his sets. I'm pretty sure I did not steal that joke from Greg Giraldo. So after a time, I started doing it again. I'm doing the, the, I'd spend that money on drugs too joke. And I'm loving it. And the audiences are loving it, as you did. That was the correct response. <laughs> but then, a couple months after that, I was watching a YouTube video of a comedian named Steve Austin. Not wrestler, bald guy Steve Austin, long hair, scrawny Scottish guy Steve Austin. And he's doing this bit, and in the middle of it, he has this kind of, basically a throwaway line about uh, this guy who asked why I gave money to a panhandler, he's just gonna spend that money on drugs. And he's like, well, so was I. And then he moves on. So there's that joke again. And here's the thing. I couldn't be sure, but I think maybe I saw that video of Steve Austin like years and years back before I even started doing stand-up for the first time. So the question is, did that little throwaway line in the middle of his thing go into my brain and just like get there and then it laid eggs and then they stayed dormant for a while until they hatched and I was like, I've got an idea. Great joke I came up with, maybe? And I was curious, other comics, if you've ever had experiences like that, if you've ever wondered if a joke of yours was really yours, if you'd ever been led to doubt the originality of something you came up with, because this is how the human mind works. We're very good at remembering stories, but where we lack is remembering where we heard stories for the first time. So there is this possibility that you're gonna pick something up and it's gonna stay with you and then it's gonna come out and you're not gonna remember that you got it from somewhere else. You're gonna think it's yours. Dane Cook got in trouble for ripping off Louis C.K. for also talking about having a really itchy asshole. Carlos Mencia got in trouble for lifting joke. Robin Williams was accused of stealing material from other comics. So, what's up with that? <laughs> Discuss, open, open town hall. Any thoughts on this? Oh, well thanks, that makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, Theft or or stealing, but there's I mean you, there's a lot of paths to get to the same things when you're trying to be funny and you're thinking about the same things and 
hundreds of thousands of people are se- seeing the same thing happen. So yeah. I wouldn't worry about that. But usually when you find out it's already been done, you're like, oh, shit, I got to do something Throw more intricate that has not. Well, yeah, because that's one thing that occurs to me is even if I can feel confident that I didn't steal this joke from this guy, it's like th- the fact that somebody else did come up with it, that probably means it's it's not that precious to me in particular as a joke. That means it, it's a joke that other people could have and did come up with, so. I thought that chastity pelt was the smartest thing I'd ever come up with till I've heard now. I mean, I've been doing comedy for almost The chastity years. belt? You chastity thought that was pelt. your idea? No, chastity pelt. pelt. In that you grow your pubic hair out enough and it's a chastity pelt because no one wants to fuck you. Oh, that's very common. I thought I was, oh, I'm like, I'm a genius. I'm the smartest person alive. And I've heard like six other people do the same joke. That joke was on the soup. Oh no! Joke was on the soup, y'all. Oh shit! See, and I don't ever—I don't even have a TV, so I didn't get it from there. But it's in the cultural gestalt, and when it's in there, it comes to you, and you think you're a genius. But it—it it could just be that everybody's come up with it. I don't yeah. know. It's too yeah. easy. Cultural zeitgeist, fam. Cultural. When you make another person cry because you cried. Glad we got that cleared up. Thank God. Um. Yeah, food for thought. So I don't know. I I think I'm I'm, I'm just gonna stay like done with that bit. <laughs> but I just I think it's I think it's a fascinating thing to think about because obviously we I think we all want to be as original as we possibly can be. But but that there there's the deeper question in any art: is there anything really new that you can do, or has it all? Is there some? Are we all just like doing variations on the past? This is like, I, I ben, feel like I'm right in the end of The Great Gatsby or something. Ben, it is, it is really deep, but here's the thing it all comes down to. We're all, we're all speaking English right now, so we're using the same 26 letters to shove them together to form words to make pictures in people's heads, and it's all derivative. It's exactly. All I thought I came up with the letter D. <laughs> I thought that was mine. <laughs> Turns out Bill Hicks had a whole oh. set where he uses the letter D like 50 times. <laughs> See, there's your joke. You have a minute and 15 left, but also for comments, that's it, and then we got to move on. But you still have a minute and 15. <coughs> um, I'm not going to subject you guys to what's on my hand. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Um, I'm going to spend the next minute thanking you. You guys, you're great. Uh, I love your jacket, so blue. Okay. I'm not really doing this. Wait, Thanks, okay. guys. So wait, 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 you don't have to work anymore. The comments are done because we only have 25 minutes left, which means we're going to do lightning three-minute sets for the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight comics so we can get everybody in. When you hear the horn, it means you have a minute. Put your hands together for your next comedian. It's Allison Hooker. Hey, guys. On my way here, I uh, gave a homeless man a dollar, and uh, someone was with me, and they were like, don't you know he's going to spend it on drugs? <laughs> And I was like, whatever, I did drugs through that dollar. (laughs) I was going to give it to him, but he left. Uh, So like Pam said, my name's Allison Hooker. And that's spelled just like the profession, something she loves. She loves to point that out. (laughs) And it's always been a fun conversation starter. You know, like when I was awkwardly in junior high, I had like frizzy bangs and crooked teeth. 
I stopped playing Foursquare and started plucking my eyebrows. I thought boys were cute that had all their grown-up teeth in. I wore a training bra to support the nipples that had come in. I was jealous of people with boobs. I just had swollen nipples. I'm still kind of jealous. I was trying to like smack my titties on a guy's face the other night. He fucking broke his nose on my chest bone. <laughs> but in junior high, I had to write my first initial and last name on my gym clothes. So it just said, a hooker, down the leg of my pants and across my nipply chest. <laughs> they teased me. They teased me so much, my gym teacher gave me new clothes and told me to write something else. So I wrote the hooker. Because I loved the sexual attention. Like, I've always been horny. Jenny, you mentioned that a friend of yours, or that uh, you like the vibrator that keeps track, you know, but you're worried about if there's ever an earthquake and you don't have the internet. Uh, a friend of mine the other day told me that she can no longer give herself an orgasm without the help of a vibrator. And I, really? Yeah. Oh, because my hand and I have a great relationship. Like, I sometimes will, like, <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> like, whisper to it. It's like, we're one in the same. So I was thinking of inventing something that's like an e-vibrator, kind of like the e-cigarette, you know, that just like starts like super crazy and rough, like women have gotten too used to. And then over time, it's just like the soft, ten like s gentle touch of a finger. Because, yeah, it's a good relationship. Um, anyways, I actually would love a little bit of feedback. So if I could just give my last minute to that, that'd be cool. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. a minute of feedback. Yay! <laughs> I thought your riffing was extraordinary. You didn't mean to do all that stuff. That was all like off the dome, yeah? Yeah. So that was nice because you've talked all about the vibrator stuff from before and kept it all going. I'm, I'm down. I think the idea of a vibrator that teaches you to like enjoy sex again is hilarious. Like it doesn't just have to be like your hand, but like the vibrator then like starts to act like a penis. You know, or for like women who like only like vibrators, not sex. And like sometimes the vibrator will just like kind of like give out, you know, in the middle of that kind of thing to just like retrain women to like get used to sex. It falls asleep right afterwards, like a real man. thing, But I feel like you could go with that. Just like I'm not just any hooker, like I am the hooker. That's true. Yeah, you could. Hey, hooker, you hooker. <laughs> She's me. It didn't work. I was going to try to rhyme something for you. Other comments? Uh, it's kind of dumb, but I was thinking maybe you could say you walked home in your gym clothes and got picked up for solicitation. Oh, that's ah. cute. That's true. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Clap wildly, everybody. Allison Hooker. Thanks, guys. She's our hooker. That's right, Mutiny Radio's own. Your next comedian is in the Witness Protection Program, or he and Agent Mulder have a date later. Uh, put your hands together, it's Yuri Mikulevsky! I got, uh, I'm wearing sunglasses because I got that eye surgery oh, where they, yeah. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true at all. I just wanted to have a good reason why. I've been here for two hours, and I was like, all right, I'm not going to take them off an hour, 25 minutes in. <laughs> a hooker. I wish I had your sex life. <laughs> like, I knew that about you when I saw the back of your head. <laughs> <laughs> the back of that head has a really good sex life. I can, uh, I can talk about it. 
<laughs> oh my god thank god you found a joke out of that one because i fucking couldn't <laughs> oh man at least i could tell that you're a girl with a sense of humor um all right anybody offended yet let's do a quick check no not yet fuck um i need zach wiseman what was I going to talk about? I was going to talk about the fact that I am Russian. I was born in Russia. I came here when I was seven years old in 1993. And uh, my family's name was spelled in Russian, like most people that live there. And uh, it was the job of the lady of the green, at the green card office to translate our name from the Cyrillic to the English. Um, she had some fun with that. She's a sassy black lady. She gave us a few le extra letters. But the worst thing was that um, my dad's name, his name is Simon, or Simeon in Russian. She changed that. Um, so in Russian, it's spelled C, which is an S, E, M, another E with two dots, that's a Yo, and N. And she translated that to be S-E-M-E-N. So problem number one is my father's semen. Um, problem number two is that Russians don't, they don't really have middle names. We have patronyms. So instead of using, like, in place of a middle name, you would have Alexei Arkadyevich, blah, blah, blah. Arkadyevich is the name of the father, Arkady. So whenever I filled out my school forms, I would write... Yuri Seaman Michalevsky. <laughs> <laughs> and I did that until I was 12 years old. <laughs> Some of you are wondering, why'd you stop? Well, I took a health class. <laughs> I remember that day very clearly. I came home and I showed my father the textbook, the health textbook, and I tried to explain to him what his name meant. I said, Dad, your name is the liquid in which man's seed is delivered. And uh, he laughed a while. He only spoke Russian then. And uh, he didn't change it for another five years. <laughs> which I feel puts my father and uh, my daddy. Well... When I was a really, really little boy, when I was like four or five, uh, all my cousins were, were girls. They were eight, nine, ten-year-old girls. And their favorite thing to do was to put me in their little dresses. I was their little doll. I loved it. Loved it so much. And uh, my dad would come home and see this, and he would start yelling, Stop dressing him! You're gonna turn him into a faggot! And he was right. <laughs> I don't know how those dresses did it. <laughs> Allison, how did those beautiful floral patterns convince me to love the flavor of cum? <laughs> don't you love it? It's so good, right? It's so good. It combines my two favorite tastes in the world, cheap oysters and zinc lozenges. <laughs> Sometimes a little bitter almond, no? <laughs> Allison, I'm so glad you're here. The first time, <laughs> the first time I gave a guy a blowjob, I spit it out in a trash can. He said, "Yuri, you're not supposed to do that." 
I said, oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't find the compost. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Yay! Mikulevsky! Lots of extra letters. Uh, this is the night of everybody having the same jokes. I actually have a joke about spitting cum into the compost, too. I wrote that joke about <laughs> two and a half years ago. <laughs> Everyone's doing the same. It's just, it just keeps going around and around. Your next comedian, put your hands together. It's Jeff Dean. Hey, guys. I'm, uh, I'm missing college a lot lately. I graduated about a year and a half ago, and it's tough. I don't feel like an adult whatsoever. Um, like, I'll go home, and I'm, I'm from Reno, and just getting out of Reno uh, and living in San Francisco, I feel like, is, is an accomplishment. So I'm puffing my chest a little bit, and I'm like, I see my friends, and they're like, oh, Jeff, I'm a, I'm a homeowner. I just bought a home. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. I, um, I just moved into a living room. It's pretty great. <laughs> um, and they're like, yeah, Jeff, I'm, uh, I'm remodeling. I'm pretty exciting. I'm getting, I'm getting new wood floors, and I'm like, yeah, I'd I just bought a new curtain uh, that I use for a wall. It's great. It's thick, so you have no idea what's going on back there. No silhouettes. That's pretty exciting. Um, I still, I also, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. I'm 25. I feel like it's a, it's a struggle. Um, so, I kind of want to open a bar, but I feel like I want to, I want, I want a bar where I can relate to the people, you know. So I. I only want to allow people in if they can show me that they have a a withdrawal notice, an overwithdrawal notice from their bank within the, like the last two weeks, or less than twenty five dollars in their bank account total. Um, and then I, I, you know, I pitched the idea, and someone was like, "Jeff, that's not going to be very profitable if no one has any money." And I was like, "Well, at least I'll always be able to get into my own bar. That's exciting." Um, and, you, you know, I was thinking, this isn't a very seasonal joke, but I was thinking about Santa Claus the other day, and I just feel like they didn't tell the whole story with that guy. And I think that's maybe why I stopped believing so early. Um, like, what was he like when he was a kid? What was his quarter-life crisis like? What was Santa like when he was 25? And, I th and it comes up with some pretty weird scenarios. Like, was you know, he goes back home. He's talking to his friends from high school. They're all in college, and he's like, oh, man, you know, I just dropped out. I want to follow my passion. I don't really know what I want to do in my life. I'm not sure. But I just love putting a smile on little boys and girls' faces, you know? <laughs> like, no one batted an eyebrow to that. And I was like, that's a little weird. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to start just traveling around the world, breaking into people's houses at midnight, and just giving children little gifts. <laughs> it's going to be great. No one, no one said anything about that? <laughs> I don't know. That's all I got for that one. If anybody has any feedback on that, all right, I'm done with that one. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Jeff Dean, painting Santa Claus as a pedophile. Yes. All, all right. I, I mean, I, his penis must be huge because of all the cold. I mean, if it still stays big around the, I don't know, <laughs> North Pole. I don't know. But uh, we really don't have time for comments because we have very little time. Your next comedian is Tim Pizza. No, no, I don't want it. <laughs> Uh, I want to have a son. I want to be the coolest fucking kid in the world. Like, I'm going to make the subject that gives birth to him shave a lightning bolt in her, per uh, in her pubes and have a Mountain Dew wet birth. 
He's going to be fucking buff, too. We're going to give him a little solo flex. Pam knows what a solo flex is. You idiots don't. Uh, Trina might. <laughs> have two different color eyes. When he's old enough that I can find a shitbag tattoo artist, I'm going to make him get one of those cool knuckle tattoos. You know, like that says something. I was thinking sex farts. <laughs> You're fucking awesome. We give him a pet wolf to follow him around. We give him a big-ass owl to carry him to school. And then at lunch, he'd break its neck and drink its blood. Sorry. Um, That's not really going anywhere. Uh, (coughs) I was hoping for feedback, but hey. Um, Let's see here. I have have a couple of Shark Tank pitches. Uh, First one is a vibrating tanning bed that you can jizz in. Uh, yeah, not a joke, just an idea. And the other one I call the Kitten Exchange. Um, it's a service that you sign up for. Um, it's easier if you get like a solid colored cat. Um, and you give these people a key to your house and you let them know, like you let them in on your Google Calendar. And basically they break in like every two months and swap your kitten out with one <laughs> for the same age. So you have a kitten that never grows up. That's a brilliant idea. Yeah, that's the uh, Kitten Exchange. I'm going to be a fucking millionaire. Um, and before I go, I will uh, pitch you part of my uh, movie uh, called Paws of Justice. <laughs> it's a documentary about uh, talking dog cops. Uh, a couple scenes are like, uh, you know, the detective dog has got his paw in the poop and he tastes it. And he's like, purebred, purebred Weimaraner, raw diet. <laughs> Lambert, quit dragging your ass on the carpet. This is a crime scene. <laughs> you have the right to sit. Stay. Roscoe, you solved the case. The, ap- the department acknowledged you as a good boy. <laughs> hey, buddy, why do they call us the boys in the blue? All I see is gray. Instead of cuffs, they use the neck cone. Oh. Yeah, yeah, no, it's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> you're barking up the wrong tree, pal. Yeah, yeah, it's just it just keeps going. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, there's like the captain dog, you know, it's like, I got two days of retirement and me and Lucy are going to go down to Col- Coney Island, Island and roll in dead fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just keeps going. Dog cops. Positive justice. Uh, come to theater soon. Thanks. I'm Timothy Pizza. of justice you can listen to timothy pizza's fefy podcast every monday from two to four you can find him on itunes and everywhere else listen to fifi yay your next comedian super funny has been studying uh many different films and being super funny lately and as always with or without a beard put your hands together it's stefan massey thank you um, I just wanted to start by commenting on this format because it reminds me of when I was in college and I took an advanced creative writing class. Um, and what would happen is everyone would write their own short story and then it would get workshopped. But for the first like half hour of the workshopping, the person who wrote the story was not allowed to say anything. And I actually got um, backed into a corner by the teacher who told me that uh, I should withdraw from the class because I wasn't doing the assignments the way she wanted me to. And so I wouldn't get a passing grade un- or unless I just withdrew. withdrew. Um, and like, I'm very glad that I that happened before um, it got to my turn for workshopping my story because I know that back then I would have just been like a ball of rage hearing everyone uh, tearing my shit apart. 
um, <laughs> I've mellowed somewhat, just just like a, a really tiny bit. Okay, so there's like one small part of my brain that's still somewhat uh, primitive, caveman-like, and in in needing to uh, you know be the best about something, and that part is solely directed toward being able to get from point A to point B with the greatest haste possible, even if I don't have any particular reason to need to be there with any speed. Uh, but so like the other day I was with a friend of mine and I'm like contemplating either like continuing on into the night with him or just calling it a night because I know this isn't really going to go anywhere. And uh, I decide to, to um, dip out. And so I check my phone and I'm about a good mile or so, a good city mile away from the nearest BART station, and the train leaves in 10 minutes. So I just start going at a flat run. I just start booking it toward this BART station, and like, I, I, w I would have actually made it, I mean, I, I did catch the train, but, uh, <laughs> I did catch the train, but like, I, I, there was no reason for me to go be going that fast. I, you know, I, I could have just had been very comfortable if I had just slowed down a bit, but no, I have to, uh, just, you know, move as fast as I possibly can. So I get there, I sit down on the train, I'm sweating profusely. I'm not, like, I sweat at the drop of a hat. So I, I, I sit down and I put my headphones on and I close my eyes because if, if I knew, if I was forced to deal with any of my own thoughts or look at any of the other passengers, I'd be thinking about what a dick I was, getting on a train knowing full well that I was about to start dripping sweat. I could feel it sliding down my face onto my shirt and I was stoned so I was hyper aware of every nook and cranny it was seeping into under my clothes. And talking about it now, I'm amazed I struck such a zen-like figure in my head, just thinking about all the gross salt water coming out of my body, giving me the heebie-jeebies. Um, <laughs> all right, I'll leave you guys with this. So the, there's a new Ghostbusters movie coming out uh, this summer. I'm pretty hyped for it. Um, but I don't think it really matters how good or bad it is because uh, they're bringing back ecto-cooler, guys. If you are around, like, yeah, this, this guy knows. It's, it's basically, sorry? No, it's true. They're co it's coming back. It's not. Th they're not. The drink ecto cooler is coming back. Sorry. The drink is it yes. a drink. Yeah, but weirdly, they're they don't they don't have none of the packaging has Slimer on it. Oh. But but they're still calling it ecto cooler. Yeah. But like, I, I just think it's so great that one of the most important permutations of high fructose corn syrup to ever grace the shelves of Kmart <laughs> will return to briefly deny delight a new generation and then disappoint them by leaving for a couple decades like some kind of drinkable father figure. <laughs> I'm Stefan Massey. that that Stefan Manny Massey ran like a six minute mile to make a BART. That's insane. He ran a six minute mile to catch a BART so he'd have enough time to get his ticket and still get on the damn train. That's impressive. All right. We, this is terrible because we only have time for like two more comedians. Uh, and, but uh, if we don't make it to Johnny, I will um, I'll, I'll give you a pre-sign on Friday or I'll pre-sign you for next week. I'll do whatever I can right now. Your next comedian is Ken Suzuki. Thank you. And I wish I'd been here earlier during the joke workshop when we were arguing about uh, which tragedy was worse, 9-11 or Sandy Hook. <laughs> I couldn't know. It was funny because when Joey Avery made the comment, well, 9-11 was more corporate. I was like, that's exactly what someone who went to Coachella would say. No, I love was what's next? What's next, Joey? Stories about Burning Man? <laughs> and uh, no offense to people that go who enjoy Burning Man, but you do not. I'm sorry, you do not get to call your festival Burning Man 
if, I'm, if not by the end of it, you actually burn a man at the stake. I'm sorry, you want to burn civilization down so badly, start by sacrificing some of its representatives. <laughs> All right? Come on, we're in the Bay Area. There's a tech bro behind every corner, investment banker, venture capitalist. Put your money where your mouth is. And it really... Sandy Hook or 9-11, which one is worse? Doesn't matter. We all know they were both false flags. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> all right, so Charles Darwin wrote the theory of evolution in 1859. And I think that was necessary for us to actually know that we were animals. Because the more I think about it, what we do, just look at the way we have sex, I would not think we're animals at all. What we do to each other is much more savage than something any animal could ever do. You don't hear of Jane Goodall, you don't, you've never heard of Jane Goodall documenting any cases of throat fucking among chimpanzees, <laughs> our closest genetic relatives. Nobody here has ever heard of cases of panda fisting. <laughs> and who here, who here has heard of any case of the wallaby bukkake? <laughs> yes, there's tentacle porn out there, but they don't watch it. We do. It's us, not the octopi. <laughs> All right, I'm going to skip the whole part about us being the only species that needs a safe word to work on the next one. So I do this bit last week, and another comment comes up to me, and Ken, but we're not the worst species. Look at the bo bonobos. Look at the bonobos. Don't tell me shit about the fucking bonos, bonobos. Ooh, they have orgies and do incest. Fucking amateurs. Until I hear stories of bonobos getting off to getting their balls stomped on, or even a simple bonobo airtight, don't tell me shit about the bonobos. The lion may be king of the jungle, but we are the freaks. <laughs> yay! Ken Suzuki, yay! Forever yay! Your last comedian of the night. A lovely lady. Everybody put your hands together. It's Madison D. <laughs> Hi. So my phone has been doing this fun thing where it dies randomly all the time. Like, it doesn't matter if it says 30% or 72%. Um, the little battery sign is meaningless. So it means that every time I leave the house, it's an adventure. Because, like, I might, you know, have the conveniences of modern technology. Or I might be left to rely on my wits and street smarts developed in suburban Minnesota. <laughs> so I'm pretty fucked. Um... So I recently realized that I have spent um, the past 20 years bathing myself, and it has never occurred to me that I need to wash my asshole. <laughs> like nobody told me in just you know 20 years. <laughs> um, and I found out from dude because <laughs> that was helpful. But then <laughs> he told me that I can't call him dude while he's washing my asshole. That's <laughs> the new rule for our relationship. Um, a weird housing situation, so right now I'm sort of looking for housing, and I saw this posting on Craigslist. It's a bus in Berkeley. Yeah, I mean, it'd be an adventure. It's only $700 a month plus chores, um, and I was like, okay, I can do chores. I'm, I'm good at chores, you know, like take out the trash, compost, recycle. They wanted you to mow the lawn and weed the garden, um, but the last one was my deal breaker. It was make the owner's bed 40 four to eight times per week <laughs> so that was my yeah right like what like so maybe there's some days where she's gonna go back 
to bed and then I have to make it again and maybe someday she's gonna stay in bed all day into the next day and then I don't have to make it. Um, so I don't know, but I was willing to do all that other stuff and pay $700. I was like, I'll even pay $800 a month and not make your bed. Cause like your bed is weird and intimate and I don't know. And if you, if you don't want to make your bed, just don't make it. That's okay. <laughs> um, oh, good. <laughs> I'll take comments. Can I use my last minute for that? Sure, she can lose her last minute for comments. Everybody comments. Any comments? <laughs> comments, comments. Do we have any comments? Guys, there you go. There you go, Tim. There you go, Stefan. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, so, uh, like I just said, you could do a call back there at the end if you don't want to make your bed. You don't have to. Just like if you don't want to wash your asshole, you don't have to. Um, maybe a little more into this story, how with him teaching you, you need to clean your asshole. <laughs> I, I recently learned that um, when your asshole itches, that means because it's dirty. I didn't know that either. I didn't thought. I just thought I'm like I have such an itchy asshole. Why? And then I realized it's because it's dirty. Really? I you could even make I a did punk asshole. Oh. I didn't. I not, no one licks my asshole. No Wild Bill. Thank you. I try to you keep could even like probiotics play super away. Dumb and make a punch out of that. Out of some guy just basically tricking you into anal. I was. I was gonna say this. I was on the same yeah. lines right now. I was like, he was trying to fuck you in the ass, and then he's getting on your case about cleaning it. <laughs> Whatever. Or no, he's. Or I was thinking he was by fucking her ass. He was cleaning it. Okay. Yeah, it's like a scrubbing. <laughs> it's like yeah, you got you got to so clean that shit. So he convinced you he's gonna give it a good cleaning, and you're yeah. like, what do you mean? I yeah. I, I'm supposed to clean it? Well, and, and <laughs> semen smells like chlorine. It doesn't mean it makes things clean, but it just smells like that, right? I have no sense of It kind of does, yeah. <laughs> it kind of does. Keep it clean, everybody. All right, we didn't end this very clean, but keep your hands, clap them, <laughs> clap them, <laughs> clap them together for Madison D. Yay! Thank you guys all for being here on Joke Workshop. Stay tuned for FTW Forever Two Wheels rad stuff great music and uh and motorcycles are cool right uh thank you guys for being here yay comedy johnny uh, johnny isaacs uh come talk to me i owe you uh, a pre-sign somewhere anytime bye bye <laughs> Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives. To smoke it. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. 
From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Uh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts you won't want to miss a thing what if i can't be at every show don't worry all shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart oh podcast god i can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool and muniradio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need and live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go to subliminalsf.com now. Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard, as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics, it's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for me fine dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. 
But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Cinema Club. Lock it out. What you talking about? There was cards in large amounts. Okay, Why not call Club. it out? Fake niggas disintegrated, switching the haters. Engineer hit the fader okay, like we'll get Club. it later. Came upon the pussy like a grim invader. Okay, Cinema Club. Okay, Cinema Club. Kid has acumen, rocking them. Can't stop the clock, okay, Mike can get it not to spin. He all fire without oxygen, hocking oxycontin. Nursing okay, a dirty martini with vodka on it. Kid has acumen, rocking them. Can't stop the clock, can get it not to spin. He all fire without oxygen, oxycontin. Nursing a dirty martini with vodka on it. Gather dynamite by firelight. Fuck you, pay me, the nigga betray me. Politician pull the trigger on a little baby. Choose her over the show.
never, never abandoned. Sending flares, 19 year old shot, he couldn't pay the fare. Slayed him as he lay in there. I could go off on a rant for Oscar Grant, but I'd rather rob a badge of your soul or some hippie sabotage. I gotta stay high, I ain't had a lie. Get lower than toe, dropping quotables for Jehovah. Marcy Playground and the Jay-Z lie. If you feel me, can I get it one time? Hydrated from libations in Vegas and making a fracas. Lord save the natives. Fuck a missionary on a mission, barely living, lucid, getting stupid, pissed drunk, singing voodoo, get crunk, binging Hulu, raiding their commissary, swimming in the pool with the freaking pool cue, thinking of seppuku and wanna vomit, barely Sudoku, too many numbers, giving pounds, dropping hashtags on the humble, plotting on a come up, Pythagorean logic, ancestry out the tropics, never got a father, couple pounds, but it's not about the problem.
Shona dar pavo mera vai tha, shona dar pavo mera vai tha, 
Oh, <laughs> 
Hello and welcome to the Common Thread Collective here at MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val sitting here with Diamond Dave. Hi, Diamond Dave. Hey, Val. So good to be here. It's a rainy day in San Francisco. It is. Well, wherever you happen to be, take a look out the window or even walk outside. Babe, it's a rainy day in San Francisco, but the sun is going to be coming out soon. So good to be here. We have a brother named Lorenzo McKeezy. Hey, Lorenzo. He's going to be playing the accordion. He's already. We're going to start with. We're going to. We're going to begin with, of course, Bloodflower, and then Lorenzo, and then we're going to come. He's also an author, and he's in high school, and we're going to have a conversation. If all that's all right, I'm looking forward to it. So let's take it away, Bloodflower. I like. I like Lorenzo's hat too. Oh yeah, stylish. Here we go. Thank you. Yeah. That'd be Bloodflower. Uh, and Val, we're now accordion. That was kind of a pre-accordion uh, kind of music, too. It was. It was a preclude, pre-clude to an accordion with that melodica. And here would be Lorenzo 
on the accordion. He's going to do a couple songs, and then we're going to have a conversation. Yeah, and Lorenzo, Lorenzo is, uh, like we said, Dave, he's in high school still. He's a senior this year, um, but uh, uh, a young man of many talents. So I know he's been playing the accordion since he was 10 um, and then started playing around, or since he was 7, pardon me, uh, and uh, started playing around North Beach restaurants and clubs as a kid. So um, it's a real treat to have him in here today. And um, so, Lorenzo, uh, welcome to Mutiny Radio. And I bet he's also a science fiction fan. <laughs> we'll talk about it. If I see one of those. Welcome. If you go ahead and take it away. Thank you. 
Yes. Hey, Lorenzo, you take your accordion off, leave it on the stage, and then come in here because we're also going to tell he's a many uh, fascinating human being. One, uh, one is being a published author, and we talk about his books, plus, 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 plus. Have you seen it's a beautiful book? I know. I mean, okay, so, so I first um, became aware of Lorenzo uh, Lucchese when I, I opened up the SI Genesis Quarterly magazine because he and I, well, he currently attends the same high school that I graduated from uh, a few years ago. And um, he had been featured, and, and I said, well, now this is an interesting young person. So um, it was really, I, I said, I would love to have him come on to the show. And then um, happened to just run into him, actually, the, the night of the mayoral election. I was, I was, I believe I was wearing my kind of um, Uncle Sam hat, uh, running around to the various uh, election parties. And, and y there you were standing outside of the bar, because you're not 21 yet, um, for Angela Aliotto's um, election night party. And I said, I know who you are. And here we are finally here at Mutiny Radio. Lorenzo, welcome. Thank you, Val. I'm glad to be on the show. Glad to have run into you that very spontaneous night at Miss Aliotto's party. <laughs> well, spontaneity is the way it works if you're open to it. That's one of my core beliefs, that, it's, that everything is indeed connected. So it's good to see you, Lorenzo. Hey, what, was it, what were the two numbers uh, you just played? Well, the first one was a song called Luce Ombre. It was originally a French composition, but was gradually incorporated into Italian music. Um, the idea is light and shadow, so you'll notice there's a lot of scales going up and down the keyboard, so those are supposed to be representative. Just so you can envision shadows going down a sidewalk, and it's supposed to be a very melodic, French, very impassionate nice. tune, love song almost. And the second song I played was... It was a medley of two of classic Italian songs, emblematic of San Francisco's North Beach, where I spent um, most of, well, a lot of my life since I grew up in the Excelsior, but spent a lot of time playing down there. Uh, o Marie was a, a song loved by many, and a, a, an older Italian woman, I'll say. And, and also La Mio is, is, a, is a favorite. That was one of my first big tip earners when I was still little, making the ones, five, $10 bills, walking around the streets of North Beach at the age of seven. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. I know. I, I was listening to you, and I felt like I was, you know, sitting on the, the edge of the Arno or something, or, you know, or in a little French cafe, perhaps in Paris. Um, so thank you for, for bringing all of that musicality here uh, to Mutiny Radio and into our community space. But those restaurants in North Beach, I believe I know the ones you mean, the Italian restaurants in North Beach, which have been around, many have been around for many, many years, you know. Uh-huh. I first got there in 1957, so that's a long time ago. So I'd be part of what soon we were called the Beatniks. So I was really interested in, uh, in the book that you wrote, uh, called that North Beach story. Why don't you let's begin? Tell me, tell us a bit about that, and how you you, uh, you overheard the stories. Tell me more. Tell me more about the well, book got together. Well, well, my accordion and my writing careers, if you want, like to call it that, um, they've been. They're very intertwined with each other. So I first started going up there at the age of seven because my godfather, who owned the late Cafe Puccini, Puccini uh, okay. due to a, a fire recently, it has been unfortunately closed down, but it's, mm. it was been there since the 1970s. So I grew up going to North Beach a lot, and, and naturally as I was up there, and, and after I'd stop playing, sit down for a cup of coffee, you'd meet what are known as, well, at least the remainder of the beat generation, uh, people Diamond Dave's age. Um, 
uh, people who knew maybe perhaps knew Jack Kerouac or Allen Ginsberg personally. And overhearing the stories, I decided to craft that little novella. Oh, I'm looking forward to reading it because you got it from the psychist's my memories. And of course, I was there, and it was Herb Cain, who was a columnist for the, for the Chronicle, way better than everybody would read. And he invented this thing called three dots, uh, three dots journalism, where he'd have a line or two and then three dots, and then lie about something totally different. And he was the one who first began calling it this beatniks. That was 1957. Now, your dad's here. Hey, Dad. Hello, Donnie Dave. Welcome, Franco. So this is a freewheeling conversation. Jump in. But, but you began to hear there, because I'd like to respond to that, that there had been some kind of verbal battles or face-off between the uh, indigenous Italian population. Of course, it was, that was right across Broadway of Columbus from Chinatown, which was, which was originally Italian, and then the comings of the beats. And uh, did you hear that there was conflict? And I'd like to be just, uh, tell us, give us your own picture of the story as you heard it. Oh, to give you the, the whole story yeah, on, on, on what's known as can it be my first novella, The Battle for North Beach, and my only novella thus far, about a, about 100 pages, extremely easy read. And I'm in the spirit of Herb Cain. There, <laughs> there is um, quite, a, quite a lot of humor in there. Uh, one, of the, one of the beginnings of my idea to craft this book came out with, you know, you see a lot of the older, you know, the beatniks, older poets especially, you know, one cup of coffee, <laughs> and, and they're known for taking up table space for three hours. Well, that's what the three were. No, and I'm guilty of that, too. Well, I hope but, so. Uh, that's right. <laughs> and and that, was the, that was the beginning conflict in, in the battle for North Beach, which was that the, it was the Italian restaurateurs versus the beatniks. And it was, you know, these two opposing forces, because one is so much more traditional and conservative than the other, and one is, of course, these people who have come from all across the country to gather in this one place. And, of course, it's exaggerated uh, because yeah. there really wasn't a battle for North Beach. Um, perhaps there was a symbolic battle, but certainly not a physical one. And the protagonist in that story, um, it came from... It's a story based on this man who came from Iowa, so like many of the B generations wanting to escape. Uh, Minnesota, in my case. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So, so, so you know it. Uh, th it's the quintessential beat story. You just said it. You know, someone. I had my thumb out. <laughs> so, someone, you know, wants to escape. You know, whatever society to tells them they want to be, and they come out to North Beach, and you know, of course, there's some influences like drugs and alcohol and stuff, but it's ultimately a quest for identity, and it's from this perspective of one of these guys who's beginning to get old in North Beach society, and he's taking up the uh, the life and rituals of a of an older San Franciscan, and now he's he's witnessing this conflict go on, you know, and in flames between the North Beach and North Beach is ultimately burned down in the end of this book. Again, you can take that metaphorically, but it's a, it's an insight. It's um, the best imagination of an imaginated San Francisco era gone by. <laughs> wow. And, and that was your first book, a novella, as you called it. Yeah, at, at, age, at age 11. At age 11. <laughs> you know, so this is so we, did you grow up? Did your dad, your mom help you, uh, encourage you to become a big reader? Was reading what you did for a good share of your, when you weren't playing, learning to play the... Oh, well, re reading was certainly critical. critical. But, but, you know, it was, 
It was both of my parents. You know, my teacher had always said, you know, eventually when you're older, someday you'll be playing gigs sometime. And I always figured that was when maybe I was 30, 40 years old. But when I was 10, you know, 11, I, I got invited by a restaurant tour up in North Beach. His name was, he was, he was the former owner of Frankino Restaurant on Columbus, right next to Mona Lisa Restaurant. Mm. He has unfortunately left us. But that was the beginning of my career. My dad said, you, you know, you should form a Yelp page. And now through the years, I find myself two to three times a week, especially for the October season going all across the Bay Area and um, and with the books I'm too with the with the books too he yeah, gave me books. a lot of support and gave me some ideas and but you know he was the one who encouraged me I had to go get a US copyright get an ISBN and kind of navigate the process myself Wow and so you're self-printed out there but can, you can be, can be found in through Amazon is that right yeah, through Amazon and other mediums such oh, as I, s- have a lot of books. I, I sell it at you know Dogyard Books in the Mission, Adobe Bookstore over Adobe on Twenty Fourth Street. I believe I have some over at Folio, uh, the Beat Museum, of course. Oh and yeah. Uh, still working on, on getting it over to City Lights, but um, of course they're on Amazon and occasionally during the June Book Fair at Cafe Trieste. That's the most. That's wow. the. That's where I'm most easily accessible. Well, you'd be an amazing human being. Now this is this latest, which is over. Well, you, this is you're working. You're working on your fourth one, your fourth book. I'm but you've you've written you've written three and and then some so far. So um, the battle for North Beach, uh, which we were just talking about, and then um, this one that we have in our hands called Diarrhea of a Black Man, um, <laughs> co-authored by Lorenzo here um, and Bradley Haynes. What is this? Thru- so this is a relationship that y- that, y- that you've met um, th- this man and worked together to to put this book together to tell his story. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> tell us uh, a little bit about this man and 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 how you um, came to um, befriend him in such a way. Uh, well, <laughs> like most of my uh, people that I encounter, like e- even you, Val, it was really <laughs> really just that spontaneous moment. I, I met him at the Cafe Trieste. Um, uh, that was one night, St. Patrick's Day of March, and I, um, he was in front of the Cafe Trieste, I had just put my accordion down, and he said, I said, yes, he said, where's the party? <laughs> and that was kind of our opening line, and, you know, I had some family who had lived in the Midwest a long time ago, so I was really curious about Detroit, Chicago, Milwaukee history, so I had read up about that, and we had, had managed to have a fairly nice conversation about 